New Thought Guy. You're always home here at the New Thought Spiritual Center, and uh, we, of course, appreciate that you're here. Appreciate that you are in our community. So, um, today my talk title is Labor No More. <laughs> now, it's not about pregnancy. Um, it's, not about, it's not about anything that you would think uh, um, laboring and pregnancy would equal, but it's about upping the labor gloom. You had a few. <laughs> it's part of life to have some laborious thoughts of doom and gloom, but how long do they stay there? That's the point. It's about ease of um, having faith in our lives. It makes our psyche and our life move easier and freer. We talked a little bit about that. It's about unplugging by plugging in. And it's about entering no soil zone. That's what I'm doing today. It's not looking good. Entering the no toil zone. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, tomorrow, of course, most of you know, if not everybody, we celebrate Labor Day. And Labor Day is uh, a holiday that's been around for. 115 years or something like that. Um, labor, of course, is about the exertion of, of, of uh, energy by body and mind in productive work, striving toward a goal. That is a dictionary explanation. But labor can also equate to being servile or toiling. And that's where we want to draw the line. Servile is when we, we keep up with the Joneses or when we have some sort of sociological or familial um, imprint of how success looks and that we do everything based on that. When we do it that way, we are toiling because our mind is only about the success, only about the keeping up with the other people or whoever those other people are. Do you think that a hard life of mental and physical toil adds up to a prosperous life? You have to decide that. You have to decide that your perspective. Remember, our yearly theme is perspective. If you do feel that mental and physical toil will bring you a prosperous life, then it will. Then you get to do that. And that's okay, too. But the point is, you don't have to. You don't have to toil. Um, I want to ask you a question that you can answer out loud or put it in the chat if you'd like, um, for those who are on Facebook. Um, what do you do the first hour of your day? Now, I know the usual things people do. They brush their teeth, they go to the restroom, blah, blah, blah. But in that first hour, are you looking at your emails? Are you checking your voicemail or your texts? Are you on social media? Are you doing anything with that phone or, or your version of this computer that I'm speaking through? Now, that's not labor. That's being toiled. That's being attached to it and nothing else 
really matter. If that's the first thing we do in the morning is to connect ourselves with those, that electronic, we are so attached to it, we are toiling our lives. Now, I know emergencies happen, and I know deadlines happen, so I know there are a lot of exceptions, but I'm asking about the majority of your time. See, when we check in with emails and texts before we nourish ourselves for the beginning of our day, what we're doing is we are checking in with other people's problems. We're checking in with other people's agendas, other people's needs and priorities, not ours. Though they may coincide sometimes, we want to start acting and stop reacting. Do you get what I mean? So when we're on emails, we're reacting to that email. We're not acting upon our personal agenda. Similarly, in the um, last hour of your day, are you on social media on that last hour? Are you doing emails and texts? Are you finishing off your day on an electronic, sort of like where my notes are? <laughs> if so, I, I ask you to rethink that. In the morning, instead of getting on electronics after you've done your morning um, ablutions, um, write out your agenda for the day. Write out your needs for the day. Write out your priorities for the day. Five or, or four things, um, or maybe just the one thing that will make the rest of your day easy. Similarly, at night, get off social media in that last hour. Try not to watch television in that last hour. All those electronics, all that blue light, if you want to get into all that, but all that activity in your brain makes for restless sleep because your brain stays active. The synapses keep firing on the, the problems and agendas and the needs of other people. Take a digital break an hour before you part, go to sleep. That's part of the no toil zone. Remember where our focus goes, so too goes everything else in our universe, in our personal universe. Where your focus goes shows up in your thoughts, in your feelings, in your body chemistry, and of course in your experiences because that's what the law of cause and effect reads. It reads our um, thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs and our perspectives on life. Where our focus and faith goes, so too goes our thoughts and feelings. Where our thoughts and feelings go, so too go our beliefs. And where our beliefs go, so too go our experiences. It's time for next level thinking, next level courage, next level action, a new perspective. Now that we are in this last quarter of the year 2020, even in your imperfection and all do imperfect action, we make mistakes. We think um, doing this way would be the best way. And then we find out it, it isn't. And then we learn from that. We move on. That is imperfect action. And yet there's perfection in that imperfect action because we are learning from it. We are moving forward from it. I want to read a quote from Charles Fillmore from his book, Talks on Truth. He said, man is the builder and to him, and of course, um, her or them as well, are given all the materials out of which to construct the temple which they dwell. 
He builds in wisdom or in ignorance according to his receptivity to the sphere of intelligence within him or her or they or them. So how you choose to use this intelligence, how you choose to reveal it, how you choose to tap into it, how do you choose to be receptive and aware of it equals to either a life of toil and drudgery and continued depression and sadness where you sit in a dark cave like the witches in Macbeth. You remember the witches in the Macbeth? They sat in a cave and they were honoring the false gods of anxiety, fear, lack, and difficulty. They were brewing this hate-filled, lack-filled energy. They were screaming. Do you remember this scene? Have you seen this? Double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. And we all do that. We live this toil, woe is me life. But instead of eye, eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, adder's fork and blind worm sting, lizard's leg, owlet's wing, we throw in to our cauldron, into our cauldron, mind and heart and gut, we throw in toe of struggle, nose of pain, eye of bad news, heart of hopelessness and wings of worry. And we start as Corey Ten Boom called a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around a center of fear. Something William Inch tells us bears interest paid on trouble before it comes due. Like worrying. It is a woe is me life. Woe is me there's too much work. Woe is me there's not enough time. Woe is me fill in the blank for yourself. Now, we've all been in a state of shock with what's going on with COVID, and some of have stepped into frustration and anger, especially by now, all these months later. And many of us, and I've talked to many of you over the week, have stepped into sadness and even depression. And I know it, and I have felt it, and I am with you. And I honor you, and I, I, I do affirmative prayer with, for, and as you. But our next level, if you're not there, is of acceptance mode. Accepting what's going on. Not liking it, not um, condoning it, but accepting it so that we can step through it. It's the way it is for now. It's the way it may be for a few months more. And yet in that, we can start remembering, we can start reminding ourselves, we can start insisting on the truth that Divinity is revealed right here and now, and it is available to each and one of us all the time. We are always at choice. We may need to pivot. We may need to shift like we have done and, and all other spiritual centers have done in their, um, their Sunday services and celebrations, like many people who have done who are entertainers, like many people who have done who have the regular nine to fivers. We've had to shift and pivot. Corey Ten Boom, another um, quote from her, by the way, she was a, um, a, a Christian from the Netherlands. And her, when she was little, her family helped save 800 Jewish lives during the Nazi occupation. She wrote, it is not my ability, but my response to God's ability that counts. It is not my ability, but my response to God's 
the divine spirit, divine intelligent presence, the Big Bang, whatever you want to call it. It's my response to that power's ability that counts. We want to enter the no toils zone. So I want to give you um, a quick tool, and then I'll bring back our great guest today. A great, great tool to stay in the wow is me um, mode and the no toil zone is to set four alarms. Now, any of your phones, um, any of your smartphones at the very least, um, will allow you to set an alarm. And a lot of times you'll be able to put a, a voice um, memo with that alarm or music with that alarm, of course. This is what you do, four steps. First, your wake up alarm. Make your own wake up alarm. Don't depend on just some radio station or your regular nice music. That is great, but add something like this. And you wanna do it in your own words, in your own way that's going to empower you but something like this good morning today's going to be great no matter what i know i know get up and read your affirmative incantation then have a rockin day next about 11 a.m have an alarm and the message is what are you focusing on right now? It's 11 o'clock. You've probably been working for at least a couple hours, maybe even more. Take a break. Take a mental break from what you're doing. Take a mental break from staring at that um, computer. Take a mental break from sitting in that maybe very um, ergonomic chair, but get your butt up and focus on something else for just a few minutes. Next, 3 p.m., an alarm. Look around, this is the message, look around at all your blessings. Count your blessings, less than five minutes. Count your blessings. Breathing is a blessing. Standing up is a blessing. Thinking great thoughts about your loved one is a blessing, whatever they are. Count your blessings. And then the last hour before you sleep, have an alarm, whatever time that may be. And on it, say something similar to this. Reflect on the good that happened today, no matter how small. Read your affirmative incantation and have a beautiful, restful sleep. Pleasant dreams. If you do that, if you do that simple, easy, and yet powerful tool, you will not only step into an ease of life, a perspective of being blessed and being grateful and being focused on those positive things in your life, but you will bring into your life through this positive thinking, through this optimized thinking, your great experiences. So now I want to continue by bringing back our sacred reader for another I'm so glad that you brought that up and, and, and that you brought faith up. And, and I wanted to ask you, what does that word mean to you, faith? Because I had a whole thing in my talk about it, and I took it out to um, try to be short, which I, don't, I wasn't, and I apologize. But 
faith. Oh, shorts are relative things. Yes. <laughs> you know, in thinking about that, I, I start with, because it's so ingrained in me, but faith is the Emerson, or starts from the Emerson understanding. It's the belief in things unseen. Yeah. Um, but it also goes into the affirmative incantation and even the reading I had. If the prayer is answered before it's uttered, and I've always loved that idea, um, the belief in that is the faith. And it's now it's not, it's grown for me and not as faith as that it will work as I ask for it in a controlling kind of way, mm-hmm. but it will work as I have prayed it to be. And I will recognize it as it shows up in form. So faith is that whatever this is, this is what I've prayed for. And it's become completely non-judgmental. So it's not like, oh, I prayed for this suffering or this car accident or this winning lottery ticket. I prayed for the winning lottery ticket. <laughs> and, and, sure, why not? And to point, it hasn't showed up in, in the way that will have me stop playing the lottery. Um, but when, when, when the tickets come up and it's not all of my numbers, I have no disappointment in that. Right. I found someone, somebody won or there's more for the next thing, but I'm grateful that the process works. Yes. And when when it is my time, and it's that's not a spiritual bypass, but there's a whole universe going on that we're connected. And if I think I'm going to control by getting six numbers in a row, I'm probably not paying to enough paying attention to enough stuff. But spiritual bypass, so much has to do with you not taking action or a person not taking action. Right. And and yes, affirm, affirmative prayer, spiritual mind treatment is an action. But when we close off our faith and don't listen to the inspiration and the knowledge that's coming through what I call the gut, um, some people hear it in their head, whatever, or it's a feeling. When you don't listen to that and take that action, whatever it is, now you're stepping into spiritual bypass in that I just speak my word because new thought says speak your word or, or any new agey kind of stuff. So speak your word, do your prayer, whatever it is, and then sit down and wait. Right. Well, absolutely. It's um and, and I don't feel like I don't want to harp on it with the, the lottery ticket, but it's a, it's a convenient example. It's the Ernest Holmes teaching, treat move your feet. Right. I really can't win the lottery if I don't have a lottery ticket. That's right. And if you don't put, right. pick the numbers and pay the two dollars or whatever it is, right. and in and in more practical sense, like I'm so I'm moving my my purpose in form into a more expanded version of the hospice work that I do. So part of that has to do with credentialing. I'm you know everyone who knows me knows that I'm more than qualified to do work. I do the work, and, and it's a beautiful experience. But people who don't know you or maybe don't know our teaching yeah. and what it stands for. Yeah. So I've got some degrees to get some credentials to get, and I'm moving my feet in the direction of doing that. And, but it's also not like, Oh, I need my, my master's divinity. I need these things and then I'll be seen. It's like, I'm going in this direction towards certain degrees and I'm going to keep my eyes wide open because I will see something along the way that may call my attention to move my feet in that direction. Yeah. And I don't have to wait until, I've crossed that finish line and now I can begin. Yeah. I do the work now like I did with Terry and yeah. something will show up along with it. No, yeah. we need you here now. Yeah. So I'm moving my feet. So the universe, this thing I'm a part of recognizes my conscious cooperation with the perfect unfolding of experience. Right. right. And that, that's a perfect example because um, um, as a minister, and even though, even if you weren't a minister, you um, are 
not only qualified, but you are um, quantified in that piece of paper that you and I have that says we're ministers and that we went through all these years of study um, qualifies you for being a hospice person. But certain organizations insist on certain other kinds of pieces, pieces of paper that equate um, some study in order for you to do it uh, professionally beyond our community, yeah. let's say. So so that's you taking action. Right. And yet you are already qualified to do it in the world of doing it. And, um, you know, I've been witness to that. Yes, you have. And, shared in that. and I want to, I'm glad you brought hospice up because that's one of my questions. Um, I wanted you to ask, I wanted to ask you to, uh, oh, thank you, um, to tell me a little bit about it, what you did. And um, uh, most recently, you spent some time with um, Terry, Reverend Terry, and um, helped him along his way to his next adventure. Mm-hmm. And he was a man who always liked adventure, boy. Him and Marilyn constantly running around this world. Oh, absolutely. Going places even when he wasn't feeling well. Amazing, amazing, these these adventurers. Um, my question is, how would you hospice all of our feelings and some of us going through more than feelings mm-hmm. that has to do with COVID? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I think so. Well, go ahead. Give me, it sounds like you have more to say. Well, on COVID, has, COVID has a lot of effect on all of us. Yes. Whatever it is, it's from 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 a lot to um, from different kinds of feelings, from effects because you lost your job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there comes a time, and I was talking about that when I was talking about um, stepping through that and being um, accepting of that, not condoning it, but being accepting of that. But there, either through ritual or through just changing your thoughts and feelings about it, there is a hospice that we can go through to move through this journey of what many people now are feeling sad and depressed about what's going on in their lives because of the pandemic. That's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, and thank you for for expanding into all of that because it gives me a moment to expand into the idea of hospice. Now, we, of course, socially think of hospice as a very specific term. Someone is nearing end of life, and then I will do it. It's like life as we know it in yes. form. Yes. Um, and I want to also respect for anyone listening and end of life because that also carries with it a feeling and an understanding beyond the words spoken. So I really don't want to give it. If you don't define it our way, then it doesn't count. Oh no, of course. So so it's an end of a way of being, certainly. Yes. And that ties it in in the first sense to the COVID conditions that we're experiencing because. COVID has simply given us an end to doing things the way we've done things. Yeah. And that is with, with no judgment whatsoever, but we, we lived a life this way. And when people talk about returning to normal, what the normal really is, is a usual. Yes. It's yes. not, it's not because there were things, you know, we all wanted change and people had their feelings about 2019 and oh, 2020 will be better. And it's like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. 2018. Yeah, sure. So all, all of that and, and whatever anyone's feelings about the passage of time are, but you know, so this is now, this is the new normal, meaning this is the new usual because we've had six months and we, we mm-hmm. have a way of functioning with this. Mm-hmm. And so we do. 
But at some point, for whatever reason, COVID, the virus that's impacting this will pass because that's what viruses do. Yes. They, they, they come in and immunities will be there through natural process, right. whatever, whatever it all will be. Right. But the virus is on its own timeline and will come and go to do whatever it's here to do. And so we will move into something else, a new usual that over time becomes a new normal. So hospice is this journey from what we know to what we don't. Mm. from the known to the mystery. And that's, you know, mm. in, in the bedside, that's really what it is. Mm. And so for me, that process in conditions that aren't, well, well I won't say life-threatening, but aren't the typical hospice, the process is the same. So for me, it always begins with now, whether I know someone as I did with Terry or not, mm. when I first am with them or meeting them, my first thing is to check in and in a sense like, how are you doing right now? What are you feeling right now? Oh, because yeah. if you're, no pun intended, and forgive me, but deathly afraid of what's about sure, to happen. Sure, you're freaked out. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's a real feeling. Yeah, you know, in a universe of infinite possibilities, there are no lies. Everything is true, oh, wow. and it's not. Wow. I don't. Well, I've stopped believing in false truths because why wrong? Why shame someone because that's what they're experiencing the moment. Right. So, so well, there's a, there's a the macro truth, I guess you could say, and what you feel in the moment is a fact and you call it a truth. Right. Well, it's, it's your it's truth, truth right of now. the experience. Yeah, truth of the experience. Okay. And so we're in this experience. I want to meet someone where they're at with their experience. And that doesn't mean I will be afraid of them because I have my beliefs about transition and what it is that it allows me to do the work through that. I've had my own experiences with, you know, almost dying and all of that. Another side story for another time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's meeting someone where they're at and then helping them get to the place where they're ready to travel. It's getting someone comfortable in the journey. So we, we all have however we feel right now in the COVID conditions in 2020. Um, we're either comfortable and great. If we're comfortable, then please share and celebrate that. <laughs> yes. um, but if there's discord and disconnect and divisiveness and some other deliberative uncomfortable yes. feeling, um, let's, let's look at that and let's just look at it that's where the the beautiful impersonal nature of the teaching is because there's no judgment if you're afraid okay let's meet you in your fear what are you afraid of and and either it's going to again with hospice at the bedside there's a time frame so either it has to be okay to be afraid and i will hold your hand and my soul will hold your soul's hand and we will journey together but it's not about getting someone to the edge and saying goodbye hospice is the journey through the veil to the other side. It does not end when they take their last breath. The journey actually continues. And you you really kind of hand someone off to the next experience. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know, yes. so this comes into belief and also reported experience in your death. I can yeah. do a whole hour. Sure, there's a whole, yes. Um, and there's but, but it's not just saying goodbye at this juncture. It is, I will walk with you until you are comfortable walking with yourself, however far that journey is. And that's the journey. Uh, it's almost so, a new hello in a way. Absolutely. You know, so I, I will, whether I have the experience of meeting whom and whom is sort of this colloquialism for like the soul, the, the energy that people yeah. step into. Yeah. Um, that's really currently present now. Yeah. Like we know this. So to do this in the social level, when, when we are assuming we're still drawing breaths, it's the Ram Das that I mentioned earlier, that we're all just walking each other home. It's just a matter of time and space as far as when that home is realized. We can do it now. 
and we can be honest about our feelings and decide if we want to keep feeling them. And that's where our teachings come in great. Because if you don't want to feel what you're feeling, something can be done about it. Yeah. And whether it's understanding a deeper truth about what we've attached because really we're afraid of something and it's the thing that we're afraid of that attaches the feeling and holds it in place. Because feelings come and go. When we give them a story, they stop and stay. I think that's kind of the most important thing um, about this discussion is um, having faith in the power that we have already that's within us. And if you don't feel you don't have that power, um, if you go back in your past and um, look at things that you have brought into your life, yeah, you may think, well, I paid for them, or, but you had to make the choice to go look for it, to go um, decide you were going to get it, to raise the money to get it if it was something that had to have financial means. Those choices are faith in yourself to do the work, whether it's mental or physical or usually both. That is a faith, a faith in yourself. And this idea of hospice, of feeling the feelings, recognizing the feelings, and allowing them to go through you and out of you. And that happens by recognizing the feelings and giving them their due. Now, giving them their due doesn't mean that you're um, just going to sit there with bonbons for weeks and allow it to drench you in whatever, usually some sort of sadness or depression. There comes a point where your awareness and, and, and sometimes it's really minuscule. Sometimes it's really just a teeny little spark where you, you got to grab hold of it and go, yes, I do have the power to decide this feeling doesn't need to be here anymore. Absolutely. And then you open up to allowing the universe or whatever you want to call it, God, to inform you what your next step is, where the pivot and the shift is going to be. And the ritual of of hospice um, satisfies that that journey. Well, it does. It does in the the ritual of it. You know, again, on the bedside sense, because it's now the mystery. Like it's so everyone then. So we we don't know. I mean, we we know what we know and believe. So it's so important then that we can all separate the mystery. But in the current, in the present, it's still a mystery. Absolutely. Mystery of job, mystery of well, yeah, rent, mystery of exactly. You know. But even and, and circling back to the feeling thing, but what I've discovered is if the feeling is here, let it serve. And when it no longer serves, let it go. Yes. And I've gone That's through that myself. Yeah. I've gone through that myself. Like there was, you know, because I'm home and you know me, I, I work in food service, which means <laughs> I don't work. Um so, it's so there six to all in food service, and and it's fine, and you know, it's I, I don't work in a very first world way. I'm blessed that yeah. you know, I live in a beautiful home and we're fed. Right. My girlfriend has a private chef at home all the time now, so there isn't a complaint <laughs> at all. That's me. <laughs> um, but I've had a lot of time to to not be able to hide in the busyness of life, and so some things have come up that didn't serve anymore. 
like certain and, and I think that's it, very important call it a, a button and it comes yeah. up in, in the yeah you know we have our loving relationships and so yeah. the mirror becomes something i wasn't liking to look at yeah and so after after yelling at the mirror and i didn't really yell but after after not treating the what i saw in the mirror beautifully which you know would be my loved one yeah, um, yeah, not, yeah. Seeing, not seeing what she's reflecting yeah. of myself <laughs> finally it's like Oh, this is what this is that I'm looking at that I might be projecting onto the world around me and giving it a place to stay, like giving the feeling the story. Wow. And it's like, this isn't serving, it's not serving my relationship, it's not serving my life. It's time to let this go. And then coming in and doing the inner work, your yeah. the the four alarms. Yeah. Like things like that that just draw me back to the practice little, of little things that draw you back to practice. Yeah. You know, and I've been just making the decision to let go of, to uninstall the button. <laughs> <laughs> was was a tremendous thing that like to well let it on its way. Now I know I have to be diligent in the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I won't be tested. Like, the are decision. you sure you want to let it go? Yeah, are of you course. Sure you we have those the yelling, whirling dervishes in our brains. Yeah, yeah. But but I love the idea that you know when it no longer serves you. You know that um, weeks later when you're still sitting with the box of bonbons, and of course I'm totally making. Oh, um, you know it no longer serves you, and that's when the decision, it's time to make that decision. But being aware, being open and aware to knowing that it, that it no longer serves you, and then you can take action in body, body mind, and yeah. spirit. And, and do the work and, and get the help when you need it. I, you know, yeah. so, so, in, so here's, here's a shout out to a, another ministerial, let's say, cistern of ours. When I deal with relationship stuff, I go to Reverend Rita. Her, oh, okay. Her wisdom feels Reverend really Reading Kauai. Shout, shout out to Kauai. But her her wisdom feels right in my conversation and relationship. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, you know, she is hospicing that which yes. no longer serves my relationship oh, out of my experience. Oh, that's good. And leaving me feeling whole in its absence. Yes. Which is the hospice of best. For the people that are left at bedside, it's letting them feel whole. Like it doesn't end with the person who has transitioned. There are people surrounding that that still need to follow along with that and fill that space. This has been great, and I know this.